Welcome, welcome. We are rolling. I was in the middle of recording and it just shut down. Just as I said, I would be interrupted. (laughs) This is day number three and this is podcast episode number seven. Shout outs to the gods. Thank you for being here. I hope you're staying safe. Thank you for listening. And I am looking forward to what is to come. No matter what it might be, I am so looking forward to it. Uh, Let's begin with uh, the reading list. If you would like to join the reading list to get access to previous, previous podcasts and blog posts and to YouTube videos, you can uh, um, request to ha- access to the reading list by leaving me an email with add me to the reading list in the subject line and I will send you an invite and you will be welcome to come and read the blog um, and to access videos and to access these podcasts that were previously posted on YouTube. I will no longer be keeping everything public on YouTube and even if I unlist them, I'll only make them available through the blog. So, uh, where was I? Yeah, the blog is thefemalesex.blogspot.com and you can send your requests to thefemalesex at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to uh, leave a message or a voice message, voice commentary, in response to this podcast or any other, in response to anything really. If you have any questions you want to ask me, if you want to make any comments, you can feel free to leave a voice recording on the Anchor site and I will leave a link on the blog um, under the YouTube video and uh, in and around uh, the internet. You'll find it if you go to the Anchor website, which you can get to through the blog you will be able to access the uh, voice recorder from there. Now, also, not just the gods, but shout outs to the agents who are listening in. Thank you for being here as well. You know, I know that I always have uh, you here as an active audience. If I have one listener, I know it won't be the agents following me. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I, I sound crazy now, but listen, the reason I'm here on the third day and usually I would do it on the ninth day, you know, I'll pull it down, I'll, make, I'll unlist the video so that it's only available to those who already have the link, you know, so you can still listen, you can still share. And I'll usually do that on the ninth day, I'll pull it down. However, um, because this kind of ties into what's been going on, I want to kind of get this one up at the same, to be up at the same time that I have the last one up. Um, right, this podcast we're going to call this one do nothing and we're going to talk about why in a minute and it also applies mainly to black women but also to those of you who are living in a god body that might not be um a melanin god body you know or not appear to be on the outside we'll say that so if you're wondering, am I a god? What's she talking about? Go to the YouTube video page, to the female sex YouTube video page, and you'll find a lot of videos in and around there where I've already talked about that. I've already discussed that. Um, but if you 
if you are a god, you definitely did not protest. You were not out there. You did not support the protesters online in any way, shape, or form. You do not tweet Black Lives Matter. You do not hashtag Black Lives Matter. You do not use Black Lives Matter in any way, shape, or form. You did not post any black squares on your Instagram or on your Twitter or anywhere. You know, I did see a few ladies who were posting um, messages, um, you know, either promoting their business or posting other messages in different colors within the black square. So it wasn't just a black square. But let me tell you about these black squares and how it kind of ties into the Passover uh, story. I'm going to... Uh, we're going to be everywhere with this one. There's just so much going on and I don't want to get lost here, but so let's just stick with when I start a thought, I'm just going to finish it. I always start the thought and then it brings me to another thought and then I get lost in my thoughts. So let's stick with the black squares. The black squares were posted the day after Donald Trump came out with a Bible in front of the church. You know, he parted the Red Sea or he parted people so that he can get to the red church and hold up this bible that was just black black cover but it's the new standard bible so we're talking about the new standard coming okay and he shows this bible which is the code you know it's it's get ready time it's time to you know it's like a little message a coded message and so he shows this bible it doesn't have bible on the front cover, you know, so you were, you weren't sure what it was. And he had to point out that, yeah, yeah, it's a Bible, you know, and, but then on the side, uh, on the spine of the book, it said the new standard, um, version or something like that. But then, um, I think it was the, the next day we had the blackout Tuesday. And when you look at blackout Tuesday, what does that spell? B O-T for the bots. I've been telling you guys all along that we got Nick bots all over the internet. These people were born, bred, programmed, and then sent out there into the interwebs to infiltrate the minds of the followers. It's I black woman part one to six. If you're interested, I go from the very beginning of the United States of America until um, number six, where they want to interbreed and mix the black woman, but how they created the nigga bots, okay, and who created the nigga bots. But though that's what it's all about. Everyone who posted a black square on Blackout Tuesday, you pretty much showed yourself to be a B O T because you participated in that. It, yes, I understand things are moving fast. I understand that it's hard to get a hold of our emotions for me too, and to get a handle on your thoughts and to really absorb everything and to really understand it, to process it, and to most importantly, to filter some things out. There's a lot to filter out. See, I just had a thought. I'm going to have to write that down because there's there was an interesting news story that was happening while all of this was happening, Okay. And uh, black people just missed it. And it's so sad. But how does this relate to the Passover story? So I'm, you know, it's been a long time since I read my Bible. So I had to go back and kind of go through the story. But I know I've heard the story somewhere before. So 
uh, and it seems very sim similar to what's going on. So in the Bible, in, I believe it's Exodus, the story of Exodus um, 12. Gosh, guys, I could be wrong. Like, don't quote me on it. Just go back and read the Bible and get the codes. You know, that is the book of codes. So go back and, and read these codes. But in the in the Bible, as you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, the Jews in Israel, they were ordered by God or something to eat a goat, you know, to eat up the goat. And when they're finished eating up all of the parts of the goat, you know, the innards and the, and the meat of the goat, they were supposed to put blood on the doors, on their doors so that, um, so that they, their houses would be passed over so that nobody would come and kill their for, firstborn son. So the blood on the door was kind of a sign to say, pass over me. Okay. So, but in this case, putting the black square, people who didn't have the black square would be passed over. Now, you can look at it one way or the other. The people with the black squares, the bots, are going to be the protected ones. Or the people who didn't put the black squares would be the bots or the protected ones. That I haven't filtered. But it was obviously a code. It was a code to see who would put black squares and who wouldn't put black squares who is a bot and who is not. And I don't know if the bots are supposed to be moving forward um, into the new world because they can be more easily controlled or if the people who are not bots, you know, are going to be moving forward. I already know that my fate is sealed. You know, I, it's why I'm not too afraid to come out because whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And once again, that ties into do nothing. Okay. I'm not even going to get to do nothing until probably the second or third half of this program. So you can stay tuned or you can come back when I get to it. And for the people on YouTube who have a short attention spans often, more often than not, I will also be posting timestamps in there so you can jump around, you know, as you wish, if you can't sit still. <laughs> God, guys. So you know, everyone, all these bots for the Blackout Tuesday, all these bots, they put up their their little black squares to let uh, the internets know and to let their um, controllers know that I am a bot. <laughs> so uh, let's start out with a little story. I want to um, start this one with a, should I go to the story? First, let me give you the news story. The news story that a lot of you missed was the one where Facebook and another Chinese company, uh, I don't recall who the players are. It's something that I have to go back and look up, but they are planning to build a fiber optic, fiber optic cable to run a fiber optic cable underwater around the perimeter of the continent of Africa. So this cable it's supposed to give better access, internet access to the Africans, I guess. That's the story. But this cable is going to run all the way around Africa and I think up uh, into Israel. I'm not sure exactly what the what path it's going to take, but it's going to wrap itself around the continent. And this thing they're saying should be ready by something like 2024, which means they've probably been working on it for a while. I mean, this is a it's a, quite an effort to build something like this. And so and this is going to be controlled by 
supposedly by Facebook, okay, and other groups. So we have the Chinese um, or and Facebook. They keep saying Facebook, but it's really the Americans. Like So we have the Chinese, the Americans, and the Israelis right now working in unison together. And I think the Saudis as well to help build this cable around Africa. These people, they love Africans so much. You know, they want so much for the continent. I remember I had this friend who, um, so that's the story there, but I had this friend, uh, a quote unquote friend. When I was working in the sex trade, he was a client, he started out as a client, like a customer from the strip club. And he was a Ukrainian Jew. And we got her along really well because he knew my background, um, that I grew up as a Rasta. And so we had a lot in common. We hang out and drink and smoke weed and talk about stuff, life, philosophy. And, um, we were really, really good friends, uh, obviously sleeping together, I'm going to say, but it, it, there was some friendship there, you know? Um, and we lived together at one point. I, I still have a piece of art that he gave to me. Like he was a, I'm just showing that he, we were really good friends at the time. Um, I, I nearly lost him. He was, um, almost killed. Someone had robbed him, uh, but he made it out. And when he made it out of it, we found each other again. So he wasn't meant to die. Um, but when he came back, when we found our way back to each other now, um, at this time, I was just like going through my awakening and just starting to realize what the world was, what kind of world I was living in. And we were talking about the injustices in Palestine. And, you know, his father was, I, I can't quite remember the story, but his father was already involved in some kind of was an activist you know I'm not going to say because I don't I don't really remember and I would have to think that one through but you know he had already dealt with anti-semitism and um so he you know my friend was very invested in the Jewish struggle right so for me to have said what I said about Israeli the state of Israel and the Zionist state it bothered him. But I've always held that the Jewish people do not really understand that Judaism or the Jewish people are different from the Zionists, that Zionists are not necessarily Jewish and Jewish people are not necessarily Zionists. But they can't go against the Zionists because the Zionists are working towards something that they believe in. It's it's difficult and it's kind of similar to what the Blacks are going through. You don't want to go against Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter seem to be working towards something that you believe in. And if you go against it, you're going to seem like you're going against your race. So the Jews are not going to go against the Zionists, even though the Zionists don't really care about the Jews. And that's what I was trying to explain to him, but he just didn't want to hear it. He, in fact, what he said to me was that Israel can blow Africa into smithereens right now today if it wanted to. And he is or he was then, and he still is absolutely right about that. If these people want to destroy and take over Africa, they can, you know? And that goes back again to do nothing. So let's get to the ancient story, okay? Um, actually, I'm going to take a break because I don't have the story in front of me right now, and I actually need to read it. 
It's one that my brother had left. He left me his collection of books. After he died, I inherited his books. So I'm going through some of the books and it wasn't until recently when this whole thing started that I was going through um, the religion, the dictionary of religions. He had a book called the dictionary of religions and I opened it and this thing fell out, the story. And it's a pretty common ancient story or parable or, you know, like a folk tale or what do you call those? You know, a, a story with a moral to it. And, and so let's take a quick break. Let me go, go grab the story and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So let's begin with the ancient story. A slave and his master comes to Baghdad. Early one morning in the marketplace, the slave sees death in human form. Death gives him a threatening look and the slave is terrified, convinced that death intends to take his life that very day. The slave runs to his master and says, Master, help me. I've seen death and his threatening look tells me that he intends to take my life today. I must escape him. Please let me leave now and flee on my camel so that by tonight I can reach Samaria, where death cannot find me. His master agrees. The terrified servant sets off to ride like the wind for the 15-hour journey to Samaria. A few hours later, the master sees death milling among the crowds in Baghdad. He boldly comes up to death and asks him, why did you give my servant a threatening look today in the marketplace? That was not a threatening look, Death replies. That was a look of surprise, you see. I was amazed to see your servant today in Baghdad, for I have an appointment with him tonight in Samaria. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, you've probably heard that one before. But uh, my brother wrote at the end of it, um, he wrote, the, mor the moral of the story is death will come at its appointed time. There's nothing you can do to escape it. The only question when it comes will be this. Are you prepared for what awaits you on the other side? Which brings us back to the gods. Like I had said in podcast number five, I believe, gods do not fear death or fear leaving the earthly realm. Of course, you are going to want to stay here and complete your journey. We all believe that we have a purpose and we want to remain here to complete our purpose. But your death is gonna come at an appointed time. It doesn't mean that you have to live to be 100 years old. 
you could die at 10 years old and you would have already served your purpose. You know, we just don't know. Sometimes you're here for a reason and then your time is up and you have to go. The minute you stop fearing death, that's when you're going to be able to live your best life. If you're always living under the threat of, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to be in poverty. Oh my God, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to starve. You know, somebody's not going to give me a job. This person is not going to give me a home. They're not going to let me live in their neighborhood. They're not going to let me get an education. You know, all of the things we talk about when we talk about racism, oh, these white people won't employ me. You know, systemic racism. These white people are going to treat me better, worse than they treat other people. These white people are not going to put me in their TV shows. These, you know, these people they call white. And I always look at racism in the sense that who cares? You know, if they do not give you a job, then so you need to be able to create your own job, create your own currency. If they don't give you an education, so educate yourself, educate your children create your own education system. If they don't give you money, like I said, create your own currency. If they don't want to help you medically, create your own health care systems. The problem with racism is not that white people are systemically racist or that you live in a system of so-called white supremacy. It's supreme because you see it as supreme. It, that's not what the problem is. The problem is that the people who are always talking about racism are actually racists themselves. The minute you subscribe to this entire idea of race that was created by the very Muzungu or the very Europeans that you claim are so diabolical in the first place, the idea that you even subscribe to that makes you psychologically damaged, a psychologically damaged racist because you're proud to be black. But you remember it. Black was created by the European. It was created by the European so that the European could easily class people that they didn't understand, to class tribal people, to class and control tribal people. So that's why they created the bot called Black, okay? This group called Black, this race called Asian, this race called... People are so different, including the Europeans, all right, when we talk about white, we're not talking about all Europeans. It's about a specific group of people who view themselves as elitists, as elites. But the fact that people subscribe to this idea that was created in order to control them just shows how insane they are. So when people talk about racism, it shows that they themselves are not only programmed, but they themselves are racist. Okay? If you are, believe in science or you study science, you're a scientist. If you believe in chemistry and you're, uh, you're into alchemy and you practice these things, you are an alchemist. If you see race and view race and talk in terms of race, then you are racist, okay? People can talk about, oh, it's systemic racism and systemic bias or whatever they may try to say. But you, by saying that I believe that I am black, that means you are a racist. If you are going to, look, we are all different. We are di all different tribes. We can acknowledge that. But we are different on a genetic level. If I talk about melanin women, people are not really going to understand what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe. 
but I have to, if I want to speak the language of the racist or the language uh, that you might speak, may, not necessarily you, but the general you might speak, I'm going to have to speak your language and say black because you're not going to understand me if I say God. You're going to be like, God, what are you talking about? You, you already have this idea of what a God is. So you're not going to believe me or understand me when I talk about God. You're going to think I'm crazy or egotistical, you know, or narcissist or whatever, because you don't understand that you're living in a God body. If you, I'm in a God body, but, and I understand that in the body made for a God, but I, and I respect my body. I want it to last here for as long as it needs to last to go through its journal. And then I'm going to graduate. It's a, death is a graduation. Graduation means you're, it's another level, okay, another tier. You're moving on to something higher, another stage in existence. Because the earthly existence is not the only existence. And like I said before, when you are finally awake, when you wake up, you are no longer here in the earthly realm. Waking up is the final stage in the enlightenment process. When you complete enlightenment, it means it's time for you to go. But everyone fears death, which means they fear enlightenment. And that's why they block themselves and they always remain in that, you know, on these base level um, uh, root chakra or solar plexus chakra. Most people are there. Most people don't reach the crown. Anyway, where, where was I? I was going to talk about the race thing. You know, I used to blame, even up until a week or two ago, I was blaming um, Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates wants to make these vaccines and whatever. And for the protests, you know, it's George Soros. He wants to, George Soros is controlling this thing. But the, the people whose names we know have no power. When you have power, people do not see you. They don't know you you know, who you really are, you know, when you're controlling something or puppeting somebody, you don't see the puppet master. If you're um, in a theater and you're watching a live show or play or whatever, and uh, you're dealing with the puppets, uh, the marionettes or whatever, if you can see the people of above pulling the strings, then it just takes away from the whole show. Okay. So the people that we're seeing, we always talk about this George Soros and I'm guilty of it too I did it too because you know, there's a song about uh, do it for George do it for George we're talking about this guy we're thinking that we're talking about the guy called George Floyd who died but when we talk about do it for George do it for George you're talking about George you're talking about George Soros but George Soros is a puppet just like Bill Gates at the end of it these men are going to be dead you know like Bill Gates is not going to make it through the other side of this thing past the third wave he's not going to get to see what happens to his vaccine these men are going to be they can be easily used and abused like the puppets that they are because you're seeing them they're being put out there on front stage just like all if we talk about the deep state and we think that these governments have something going on these governments don't have power there there's a hidden hand that works that's much more powerful than just these people the puppets that you see don't have power okay so we're talking about do it for George and we're calling about George, 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 and we keep talking about George and that George is eventually going to become just G and then this whole thing's just going to reveal itself, okay? But people just don't see that because they're caught up in the emotional side of things and they always are. And at this point, it's just become so, 
it, it's just funny. Everything is just a comedy show. It is theater. And like I said, these things always play out first on the in the United States because the United States is the, is the theater. Okay? That that's where things happen first and then it will spread from there and and happen globally. Now, I want to revisit something that I was talking about in the previous uh, video or the previous podcast. Um, the waves, okay? I was talking about how the first, the, these waves, when we talk about the waves, we're talking about um, a vibration of frequency. And I know I hear that all the time and I hate to hear myself say it because I know that there are these faux spiritualists who always talk in terms of uh, chakras and vibrations and shit they don't even understand, you know, but they like to say it. It sounds good. But when you're really talking about the vibration of a wave, we are talking about the amplitude or the height of the masculine waveform. So this first wave that we saw was the masculine waveform. We're talking about the wave we're talking about the masculine and feminine energy moving um interfering with each other but we're looking for good interference right now they're interfering with each other but they're out of sync and that's why we're having so many problems in our world and right now we see the amplitude of the masculine waveform is very high which means it's vibrating at a very low level it's vibrating slowly and creating all this buzz and all this noise in the world the second wave that we're going to see, which is going to come when the solar eclipse comes on June 21st. That is why I said, I, let me just do these podcasts real fast so I can get the hell up out of here and off the internet. Because when the female waveform rises, you don't want to be around making up all kinds of noise and being in the midst of protests and shit like that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be anywhere around when when the moon eclipses the sun if you look at the sun it, the sun the s-u-n it represents the sun the s-o-n the, the masculine okay but with the solar eclipse the the moon which is the feminine celestial body is going to cover the sun so the the feminine is going to eclipse the masculine and this is just so it's going to happen on father's day coincidentally this year you know I hope Jill Scott can say that, you know, she don't recognize all the holidays when she talk about the Father's Day, you know, she didn't recognize the Mother's Day, but that's other things, you know. But uh, this whole solar eclipse, this feminine celestial body is just going to eclipse the masculine on Father's Day, which is going to be... I think it's just going to be wonderful and I don't want to be talking during this thing. This is when I'm definitely just going to be observing from that point on. I love to write and so I more than likely continue writing, but this is when you're more than likely going to see things like um, electromagnetic pulses, you know, shit shutting down and you know, like all, all these things that people were so afraid of. This is when you are going to have to um, ex experience the dark night of the soul or experience your ninth sphere. This is when you, you better have already did the, done the inner work because if you didn't take the time that you had to relax and do the inner work during the first wave, during the masculine chaos, 
I don't think you're going to be anywhere near ready for feminine chaos because nobody does chaos better than the feminine, the dark feminine, okay? So I hope that you're prepared and ready for that. And that's not to put fear in anybody because you shouldn't be afraid. If you're afraid of the dark, it means you're afraid of yourself or you're afraid of the unknown. I'm always excited and curious to see what the unknown is. Of course, there's always going to be a lot of adrenaline and, you know, anticipation and things like that. But it, during this time, like anticipation and fear and all of that chaos and adrenaline, that kind of stuff just makes me horny. Like it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me fearful or whatever. So we're going to see this rise of the feminine. And that's the second wave. The third wave is when the two come back together. Uh, and that's when they're going to be in sync. So things are going to look really bad. Total destruction is the only solution. That's what Bob Marley said, and it's very true. Bob Marley also said, many more will have to suffer. Many more will have to die. Don't ask me why, okay? And, you know, whether it's you or me or, you know, political figures or whoever it may be, it doesn't matter because the we have to get be out with the old and in with the new. We have to get rid of what doesn't work in order to build what will work. And like I said, no one else was doing anything. Everyone was, else was chanting and protesting and begging, you know, pleading for these so-called white males to do the work. You know, black people didn't want to just be gods and live in their God body and walk around with confidence and say, I don't give a shit about racism. Black people weren't prepared to do that. They were begging the white male to do it. And now here we are where the white man is doing the work that everyone begged him to do. Okay, so I'm going to sit back. I'm going to do nothing. And I'm going to let the white man do the work that everyone was begging him to do. I already came into my God body. I already recognized myself as a God. And, uh, but I, I felt so alone. It's alone. It's a lonely world out here. You know, I talk about um, that we should level up and um, realize our God power, you know, and our God potential. But the one thing that I never really talked about was the fact that it's so lonely when you get here. That's why it's so hard to have relationships. You can't even keep a man because men do not want gods. Men want women who can, you know, who are a little bit um, easier to control. A, a one who's not going to make him feel like he's less of a man. One who's going to want to submit to him. And it's very difficult for a, a God to do that. And so we're going to find ourselves in a very lonely place. And it's why I just, you know, I play around with certain men and then I know that I'm just going to have to leave them alone because there is not one man in the world who can hold me down or keep me or lock me into, a, you know, a wed to wedlock me you know so it's very difficult to be being a god it's lonely out here for a god <laughs> but it's also very exciting it's also very exciting to be able to see all of that when it comes to this chaos any chaos whether it's the masculine wave or whether it be the feminine wave uh, a wave is chaotic when, you know, it, the waves in the ocean, when they, when everything, when you get um, a big waves or whatever, it starts to become chaotic. You start to lose control. And I understand that this whole thing is organized chaos, but you can't always control every aspect of chaos. 
okay um because it, otherwise it wouldn't be chaos okay so i was uh, talking to my sister about this and i'm going to use the same analogy i used then because i was cooking spaghetti at the time so you have these spaghetti noodles and you have these hard noodles and you have your rolling boiling water in the pot the objective is to put your hard noodles into the water and then out of it will come a nice tender spaghetti right and you're going to put your sauce and you're going to make a delicious dinner once it gets on the plate it's going to look more in order but when you're cooking it when you put the spaghetti into the pot you're putting it into that chaotic pot everything's bubbling and boiling and you cannot control the movement of the bubble so you can turn on the stones to, to create that chaos and you can add the spaghetti and have the spaghetti and the bubbles and the, the heat interact but you have no idea just how they're going to interact as much as we try to plan things out to a science even when scientists look at the genes and they try to manipulate genes and right now like i said they're trying to manipulate melanin you never ever get it just right you know sometimes even the god the all the source makes mistakes sometimes even and that's why we have children who might um come uh, come out with disabilities because there's just a little itty bitty glitch in the code you know sometimes things or chaos takes on a life of its own and you can't control all of it and i that's why i was saying that you have to be really egotistical like a megalomaniacal fool to think that you can actually control chaos you can create it it can be an organized chaos but there's no such thing as controlled chaos sometimes things just go um or it, like i said they take on a life of their own and you can't even bring it back so i i'm hoping things goes as planned you know i'm the type of person where if i make a plan i want to see that the plan comes out just as i as i wanted it to but then sometimes you know um what was that thing the guy with the with the afro the white guy who painted he said there are no mistakes just happy accidents you know when he made a mistake with his um painting whatever but you know there there are no mistakes there are no mistakes but you know things can go awry things you know entropy can is entropy entropy is, is chaos it's unpredictable so you know i i'm hoping that if there's a plan in place and the plan is for us to be more technologically advanced and the plan is to bring humans to a better place than we are now and to get rid of the riffraff and all that to create a better more technologically advanced world i'm hoping that everything goes as planned and that we don't have to live in a dystopia too too much longer but like i said because we have parasites who are just you know latching on to people and they're just here for survival you know they're not looking at themselves as God, because if you are looking at yourself as a God, then you're not even hanging on to the idea of power here in the earthly realm, because you'll see that you're more powerful outside of it. And this is why it is no point to fear death, because once you're released from your earthly form, from your body, that's when you have even more powerful. That's when you become even more powerful. That's when you become um, the Omega and you become omnipotent like it's 
you're, you're restricted to your God body or to your earthly body, your earthly avatar. So when I die, it's like I would create more waves and more chaos outside of the earthly realm. So why would I be afraid to release myself from this body? You know, I anyway, so let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to the main point about why I will be doing nothing <laughs> after the solar eclipse. We'll be right back. This segment shouldn't be too too much longer you know too too long I should say um, because I want to make it very quick let's start with Brianna Taylor because we're not hearing too much about Brianna Taylor are we the the interesting story about Brianna Taylor again this is a story that or an incident that happened somewhere around just before the North American or the Western lockdown the global lockdown this happened, I believe it was on the 12th, somewhere near the beginning of March. And Brianna Taylor was working as a nurse. She was on the front lines. Okay, a black woman working on the front lines. Keep that in mind. And the story goes that she was in her home with her boyfriend. And her boyfriend was a licensed gun owner. When the police came into the house with a no-knock warrant, which means they can just bust through her house, and I believe it was her house. So they got a warrant to come into her house, but they were looking for him, okay? And she ended up getting murdered. Now, I wasn't really following the story, and I believe the last thing I read said that he, he was not killed. But I, I could be wrong about that, uh, you know. But either way, the point that I'm trying to make is that the police came in looking for him. He, they came in looking for the man, and she just got caught up in it. They weren't shooting at Brianna Taylor. They were shooting at this dude, okay, that she had up in her home. And that's why it's important for, especially, I, I know out here, it's a lot of the Native people who have weapons out here and who are going to be targeted they they know that they're going to target these groups because these groups are armed a lot of people feel like they're they're safer when they're armed but the ones who are armed are the ones who are going to be targeted first and the ones who have a who are registered gun owners when they know you have a, have a weapon they know that you're going to be a threat and they're going to want to neutralize you first and fast okay so there will be a lot of no knock warrants and I know that 
you've probably heard it too, and you've seen the images where these men want women to be on the forefront of this thing. And the reason why it's so dangerous for women to be on the forefront of this thing is because when they come knocking, they're going to knock you down to get to these men. And some of the time, they're not even going to um, take out the men, like kill them. They're going to take them and use them as bots and soldiers or whatever the case may be. They could go in and murder them, but whatever. The, the guy, Philando Castile, he, had, he was a registered gun owner. When uh, the young lady, um, she's just a young lady, she had a son. I, I cannot remember her name. Uh, I cannot remember her name, and, and I, I don't remember, but you, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. But this young lady uh, was also a registered gun owner, and she used to showcase her gun on, in, on social media. If you have a gun, why are you talking about having a gun on social media? Whether you have a registered gun or you shouldn't be showing your guns on social media. Now they know you have a gun and they're going to come after you. Okay, you you can't use your stupid little gun, your your little pistol or, you know, your whatever many rounds, even if you have a hundred rounds of bullets in your house. You, you can't reload fast enough for what they have coming down on your head. Even before you know the drone is there and you could cock a whatever, a trigger yeah you're not gonna get to do anything your gun is useless all your gun does is make you a target when in any other day of the week you know if it was anything else uh, on a regular day i would say you should have you should be protected any way you can protect yourself you know but this is not any other regular day you know when things pop off and if these people really want to militarize things your gun is not going to save you from the military. There are a lot of people who are former military who they're going to be going after first because they know they already trained them. Now, this is why I mentioned Breonna Taylor is because young women, especially if you have young women, older women, whatever, mothers, single women, whatever, please, please, please get these men the hell up out of your house. Like it, you have to do it now before the rise of the feminine waveform, okay? Because it's going to be so dangerous when these people come into your home and you're housing these men. These men are going to hide out, especially if you have a baby daddy, okay? Like my baby daddy recently asked if he can come and stay with us, if it was an option for him. And I'm like, hail to the motherfucking no, okay? I'm like, hell to the no. I don't know how uh, um, how to predict men's behavior during the rise of the feminine. I, I don't know. I, this state is so chaotic right now that I don't want a man anywhere near me. I'm going to take my chances. And when the army comes in and they bust down my door, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to do nothing. Okay? Because whatever they have planned... Me and my little son with his little green belt, he can't do shit when the army comes in. And I wouldn't expect him to. So we're going to stand there. And we're going to do nothing. And either they're going to let us go or they're going to release us from our God body and let us be the gods. Okay? One way or, the not or, or another, I'm going to live. Okay? That's why I'm not worried about that. This is what happens when you live in fear. You start arming yourself and getting ready for a war that there is no way possible that you can win. 
They already have real bots working for them. These drones that can get you, that can blast your house before you can even pick up your gun from under your stupid little mattress, okay? So avoid males. It's important to avoid males. If you are married to one, then I hope you know him well and that you can predict him well and that you know where he hides his gun so that you can like hide it somewhere else before shit pops off or get to it first or, you know, for those of you who have baby daddies, you know, a lot of these men, they have like five, ten, whatever baby mamas, okay, in different states, in different provinces, in different cities, and they got baby mamas everywhere, okay? So they have a trench everywhere in the different area codes, okay? They can go hide out or so they think. And by going to your house, it's as if they're using you and your babies as human shields. They think they can hide out at your home. You're not going to find them in their own home, okay? But more than likely, they probably don't even have their own home. They're, what's her name? Deborah Cooper had a name for these for these types of men. The men who kind of like, they bounce around from house to house. They don't fucking live anywhere. They just love you and whatever because they need somewhere to stay. A lot of the relationships that we see now, a lot of these men are kind of just there in, in the home because it's somewhere to live you know they say they love you and all this other bullshit but it, it's because if they didn't have you then they would have to go back and live with their mama so they say they love you and you know they pay their little piece of shit rent what they pay and they're living their good life because they're paying like half the rent half the mortgage whatever but without you and your income they wouldn't be shit you know, so these types of men, you need to get rid of them because it's not going to be a good idea to have them around. If you want protection, if I want protection, I want the military protecting me. I was saying I, I don't give a shit if I if my whole city becomes militarized. Like I said, either way, whatever, everything works for me. Life, death, in between, everything works for me. I, I can adapt to damn near anything. And I, I'm, yeah, he's still just a kid, but I'm trying to teach my son to adapt to anything, to become a chameleon and adapt to any whatever life that you have to adapt to. And then adapt to whatever other realm you need to adapt to. You know, if you need to leave the earthly realm and adapt to something else, be prepared for change and be prepared to adapt to change. No matter what that may be, don't ever get um, complacent. Don't ever get comfortable. His whole life, we stay in different cities for like two, three years and then we move. And I think this is the longest he's ever stayed anywhere. You know, being in, in Montreal, this is the longest I've ever stayed anywhere. Uh, usually I get up and I go because I, I can't deal with the same thing all the time. I need change in my life, you know, and I, I change relationships and I change um, environment. I, I change jobs. It's very difficult for me to stay in one place and do the same thing over and over and over again for more than like a two to four year uh, time span, you know? So uh, just, this is just a, a simple warning. I'm only going to say it once. I don't really care. Do what you want, you know, but it, I'm just, I can already predict how dangerous it will be for those women who are going to have their men in the home. Because one thing you'll know about men is that self-preservation is their number one. Okay. 
there is a i think my son always tells me these stories about these animals which is interesting because it always comes back to what i'm talking about i can always use it as an analogy there's some type of octopus hang on let me ask him sorry just explain to them quickly what you were telling me about the the animal what type of animal was it a starfish okay tell what happens with the starfish um like for example um it dies like when the starfish dies um it um it releases all its sperm to try to um preg- impregnate a woman like the female starfish mm-hmm. is a starfish mm-hmm. like is it releases all its sperm to, so like, when it's dead it releases the sperm or mm-hmm. does it like well like it it releases it then it dies like okay. very last resort right right okay all right that's all i wanted thank you <laughs> all right yeah close the door <laughs> all right so that that's a story okay so people the men are all about self-preservation it doesn't matter what animal you're looking at including the human animal just the human animal is so stupid to think that he's any different from the other animal the human animal is so stupid to think that he can reverse um biology like they want like i said they want us to level up to them meanwhile all other male animals they have manes so that they can attract the woman they have bigger antlers so they can attract the woman the peacocks have bigger feathers more colorful feathers so they can attract the women and these male animals are doing the most to attract the women but only the human animal the egomaniac thinks that he can reverse all that and that we're supposed to be chasing him these men are crazy but the point that um i wanted to make from the story is that when death comes the male's first instinct is to to spread his seed everywhere okay that's why these men are making a whole bunch of baby mamas okay and it's usually men who feel like they have nothing in the world they don't have a purpose a man who has a purpose and he believes he's going to be here and he's going to make something of himself he doesn't go around impregnating a bunch of women but the men who feel powerless like they're going to die with nothing the first thing they do is they just spread their sperm everywhere to try to impregnate the woman okay so that's the same thing that happens with men like i had said earlier in the first segment i said when i get afraid or when i'm going through some kind of trauma and this is so bad you shouldn't do it like don't do what i do you know um is i have sex but this will exasperate the trauma it'll make the trauma a whole lot worse and it will prolong it because you think that you're feeling good uh, but you'll you'll more than likely just trauma bond with the person that um, you're sleeping with. And that's why I warn against um, warn black women not to deal necessarily with white males because white males like to deal with traumatized black women. They cannot take on a God uh, body. They can't deal with a with a God. And so they take on a woman who they see they feel to be weaker than them. And that's why you know anyway so i advise against it because more than likely they're looking for a traumatized woman you know and the more you have sex with them the longer it takes to heal from your trauma and then you're you eventually trauma bond and then you're stuck with this idiot and you think you're in love with him but you're not you're just traumatized yeah you know i've fallen for it i sometimes do when i deal with a lot of trauma i end up with the wrong person right now because of this whole covid thing i was telling you about the teacher well now he's ready now that everything's opened up he's ready for physical sex you know and so uh, do i really want and now i'm changing my mind do i even really want to be with this person 
but that's the thing. A lot of the time, um, men, when they get uh, afraid, they'll get a hard on and they like physically they'll get hard. You, you feel like we feel like it's something in our gut, but it's not in our gut. It's in our reproductive system. When we get scared, I remember when I was having my exams, I would get horny and I, I'm just thinking this teacher, I'm getting horny for him not my teacher like a teacher from school I, I thought I was getting horny for him but I really wasn't I was just sitting there almost like wanting to release an egg because the your instinct is like the starfish is that you want to recreate yourself you immediately want to reproduce and leave a legacy when you know you're going to die because that's the purpose of the human you know every living thing not just the human but every living thing wants to reproduce itself and as soon as you feel like you're about to die, you reproduce yourself. And so, excuse me, I think it was um, a, a co something Connor, the, the MMA fighter, boxer, whatever the hell he is, okay? He said he gets a hard-on just before a fight or it makes him horny. And you can see he gets like big chubbies when he's like doing the, um, the weigh-ins and stuff. But he admitted to that, which is a natural human reaction. When we get scared, it's not butterflies in our stomach. It's like your reproductive system, hormones in your reproductive, reproductive system moving because you want to um, reproduce yourself. You want to live, whether you're living in the form of your own legacy, your children, you want to live on in your children right and so you have these men right now who have all already you know spread their sperm everywhere and they have all these baby mamas everywhere so that they know they have a safe place to go you know they know uh, right now a lot of them are even having sex you know i was looking at uh, my lover like you know this idiot wants to have sex online but you know i could be wrong about that you know i should be looking at him at least you know he's controlling himself and he's not just wanting to fuck because you know he wants to um preserve his life you know he's not thinking like that he's thinking logically you know and, and so i i should kind of give him credit for that you know I, i'm not going to i'm just saying i should but you know you have these men who are willing even to put their children knowing that these people are going to come like i said in the previous podcast the only reason why these men are safe right now is because they're in your home because you're keeping them safe. They're not out there protesting. They can leave their little Black Lives Matter and their Black Square on the social media from the comfort of your home, using your internet, eating your food and your supplies, your children's supplies, getting fucked, you know, during this whole thing. And that's what's keeping them safe. And, and so they're willing to use you and your children as human shields so that they don't die in this thing. Send those suckers out on the fucking street, okay? You're better off and you're much safer when you're all alone and vulnerable there with, with your child. All these men talking about, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to protect you with their little gun, with their one gun. <laughs> you have drones that could probably let off like a hundred rounds in less than a minute. And these people have their one gun. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. And, uh, yeah, I, once again, you can find me, um, and the, at the female socks.blogspot.com. Uh, please feel free to leave me an email with add me to the reading list, um, at the female sex at gmail.com. Look for me. I'm in and around the internets and I, thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening. I hope to hear from you soon.